Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. This may not go anywhere, but I've got an interesting discussion topic I'd like to throw out on the table. And that is the idea of, I don't know if you've heard this term, diversity within diversity. You know, when we think of diversity, you know, DE&I, of course, is a big, big deal right now, right? And when we think of diversity, I don't know about you, but a lot of times my mind goes to the big topics, race, gender, right? Sexual orientation. But diversity within diversity is so much broader than just that. It's like we are a very diverse world regardless of what we look like on the outside. For an example, I'm a father, right? That puts me into a category. I play pool, amateur pool. That puts me into a different category. I have a political preference. That's not true. I don't really care about politics, but, <laughs> but you get my point, right? You're like in a certain way a little bit. Yeah. Like, right. Like, so I'm in a certain camp with politics or I'm in a certain camp with various ideologies, or I belong to a certain social group or a religious organization, or, you know, in other words, there's so many ways that we are all uniquely different aside from just the biggest three that I mentioned earlier. Right. And how does that impact how we are on the job, how we are, how we interact with others, how we manage, lead others, how we promote or don't promote others. I probably have a unpopular opinion about this whole subject, to be honest. That's all right. Because I just think like at times, and I don't know if you feel, I feel at times that we're so focused on making sure that every group is recognized and, and all these things, like, why don't we just treat everybody the same regardless and not focus on the differences? Why don't we just focus on, Hey, we're your person. I'm a person. I'll treat you kindly. You treat me kindly. Let's get along and let's, let's make the world a better place. Like, you know, instead of saying, oh no, like I'm like focusing on, you know, got to make sure that this pool playing white guy in from Southern Arizona gets recognized, you know, it's like, why don't we just say there's a guy or there's a person, Kevin McCarthy, he's a good guy. Let's treat him well. And uh, let's, uh, help him be a better person. And let's not, I don't know. I, I just hate the thought that seeing like the whole world has to pick a camp and support it and prop it up and whatever. Let's just be people and everybody treat everybody equally and just get on with life. Like that's the frustration I probably have with it. So that's probably my unpopular opinion. No, I appreciate you saying that, Steve. I'm not sure that that's so unpopular. That might be more popular of an opinion than, than we even recognize. Right? Maybe I'm just stupid enough to, to voice it, right? <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people that are frustrated with the, the focus, as you called it, you know, putting focus on being equitable to certain groups. There's diversity within diversity. I mean, we're all very unique in so many ways. Like you were going to say something? It's okay. a conversation, isn't it? Um, 
especially the comment, uh, Steve, that you made, right? It's uh, everybody should be treated equally. They, they use the word should, but yeah, it would be nice if everybody's treated equally, but it's not reality. It's not reality, mm -hmm. you know? I was with a bunch of people yesterday, and the first thing I got asked was, where are you from? Like, South Surrey? <laughs> oh, they were just literally wondering where I was from because I was not the same color as anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and it's still, it didn't come from a racist aspect of it at all, but it was more from an inquiry perspective. So that idea of let's just treat everybody the same isn't, isn't there. And it, I don't think it will be there. Well, and, and honestly, we're not all the same. And uh, maybe that's the, maybe that's the approach is we're all very unique. And regardless of what we look like, we're all just individual, unique people who have had our own life experiences. You know, we come from wherever we come from. We've lived however we've lived. We've formulated whoever we've become. And rather than treat everybody the same, maybe it's uh, looking in uh, through the lens of appreciating the unique diversity. I actually really like that, what you just said there, appreciating the diversity. Not singling yeah. it out because it's different, but appreciating the fact that it may be your pool playing group brings something different to the, uh, conversation today, you know, <clears throat> or somebody's cultural background brings a different perspective on life. And I, I went to a, um, I went to a trade show on the weekend, uh, put a booth in a trade show in, um, Cloverdale, which is a Southern kind of Southeast corner of Vancouver general. It's a very diverse, uh, multi ethnic community. And I actually really appreciated that because I talked to probably 250 people that were different than me. Let's just say it, say it that way. And uh, I, I actually came home and I told my wife, you know, I have a greater appreciation for cultural people because I don't get that where I live, like where I, my community is predominantly Anglo-Saxon. Right. And so, you know, rubbing shoulders with another group and learning about them and, and, and appreciating them. I think that that was a very eye-opening experience for, and I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And Steve, interesting enough, I, I was in your neck of the woods last night, but I got, got asked that question. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised because like, you know, what I said, we are yeah. Chilliwack, an Anglo-Saxon community that has been for 50 years and it's changing slowly, but not, not as quick, no, yeah, not as quickly as other, other places, lower mainland. Right. So I, I'm not surprised at that question at all. I, I don't think this conversation is all about race. Oh, no, it's not. It's all about differences in people and, you know, differences could be from uh, lack of education, could be from a Harvard graduate versus a Butland graduate, which is a community college or it's a university now. What does, what are those differences and how do we appreciate those differences from people is, I guess, that's the question here, right? You know, mm -hmm. I think the easy one about race is it sticks out, right? Mm -hmm. Versus uh, maybe some of the other ones, they don't, they're not as maybe apparent, right? Like, you know, think about, you know, sexual orientation and all of that. That's not always apparent and, and, and that, you know, nor should it be, but, um, you know, I think the race one become just because you do look different. There's things that all of us don't know about each other, maybe, right? And that makes us all different. Mm -hmm. But let's not focus on the differences from a negative perspective. I think we've got to focus on them. Like, what can I learn from you today? 
Yeah, I think leaning in, like uh, like you mentioned, the person asked that question, where you're from, uh, but not from a race standpoint, from a curiosity standpoint, right? Sure. Maybe it's leaning in. Steve, you mentioned going to a multi-ethnic uh, community that you're not used to or haven't been in or you know, frequented or whatever. And so it was an experience for you. Leaning into that curiosity is like, hey, I want to know more. Absolutely. You know? And I got to say, honestly, I think that experience for me helped probably squash some of the typical stereotypes that you might, you know, hear on the conversation in the back end of the coffee shop or whatever. It's like, no, you guys are wrong. These people are great. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I had the fortune of, uh, keynoting a HR event, human resources event yesterday here in Florida. That's why I'm in Florida right now. And, uh, <laughs> I realized that I am in a minority group. Uh, for those listening, I'm this middle-aged white male. Um, but the, up on the screen, the speaker before me was breaking down this idea of different diversity within diversity uh, groups. And in that group was the category of convicted felons, right? And here I am. Now, I don't think about that very often. I mean, I tell the story all the time, but I don't think it in that terms. But if I were to go out and apply for a job, I'd have to check the box. Mm. Well, in, South, in Florida, you probably were too young for the demographic, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a stereotype. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> retires uh, retired. in Florida, and you're not retired. So that, there you go. You know, you, <laughs> well, I can get away with saying that. I know you're, it's tongue-in-cheek, but the, you, you bring up a good point, though. That's, that's the idea, H, right? Yeah. We end up stereotyping or grouping. People, you know, based on this idea of how we have formed an opinion about a particular group of individuals, right? Yeah, I mean, age is another one we can add to that list, right? Oh, yeah. And just so everybody knows, I'm probably the oldest guy in the group, so. <laughs> I noticed you took off the Dash 46 off your name, thinking that you were 46 years old. That's actually not it. <laughs> that was from another Zoom meeting. That's my, uh, my house number in my rental property. How does this impact our, our, our workplace? How, how does it impact career advancement? This idea of diversity within diversity. Example, there's the boss at the company who's worked with several employees in the work group for over a decade, became really great friends. If they're not paying attention, if that boss is not aware of their biases, is it possible that they could end up promoting those friends because of that affinity group? Well, I think that happens all the time. <laughs> you know, everybody's got their favorites, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a bias like every other bias. I think bias is what contributes to a political environment or political culture where some are favored and others aren't and whatnot. Like, mm -hmm. I think we all have people like, I think this notion that we have to be absolutely get along with everybody in the same way and isn't even possible. You get to know people, you have people you have deeper connection with than others. And so I think that's okay. I don't get jealous because somebody has a closer relationship with somebody I know. <laughs> I stick. You have to flow in your stream. It's okay to have like-minded people around you and it's okay to have diversity around you. I think it's great. You're supposed to surround yourself with your weaknesses. 
Mark, that's a great point. And that reminds me of something. We had a DEI session last week and the presenter, the way that he went about everything, he really just kind of brought it down to like a base level. And the two things I really took from that was there's three types of relationships that you have with everybody in the world. Well, four, because there's people you don't know, but you know, you tolerate someone and maybe you don't get along. Maybe you don't agree with their point of view or the decisions they make in their life, but you tolerate them. Uh, there's people that you respect and there's people that you love. And his point was, you know, you don't have to love everybody. You should respect everybody, but at the very minimum, you should tolerate. And the way to get from tolerate to respect is to, what you were just saying of open up and start asking questions to people that you don't really know. And kind of looking at, gave an example of the representative of like your five closest friends, 10 closest friends. And if all of those people are very similar to you from like a demographic age, race, just all those diversity aspects, then maybe you could shift your thoughts and, you know, change your bias if you brought someone new into your circle or asked and just kind of got to know somebody else on a deeper level. And then the second thing that he said was, at the end of the day, we all just want to be respected. And that sort of reminded me of uh, Steve right before he had to jump out here. He was saying, why can't we all just kind of treat people like people? And I think that was the second main point of, you know, we all, we all just want the same thing. We all just want to be appreciated, heard, and just treated in a fair and respectful way. Well said, Alicia. Well, so simple, isn't that? Same fit. Yeah. Yeah. Why do so hard? <laughs> what makes it hard? Your biases, your worldview, mm-hmm. your past history, your trauma. That's like it just, the list goes on, right? Yeah. Well, I think you could add societal pressure to that. Yeah. As well, right? Like a certain group of people might be putting pressure on you to like, favor them over somebody else or, or whatever. Right. So that's what makes it difficult. Right. It is, is not adopting. I think those biases like, Hey, you know, let's imagine if we didn't know what any of us looked like, would those biases be gone? Right. All we know is it's a name. It's it's a set of initials on the, on the screen and it's a, a voice, right? Maybe over time we learn that, you know, so-and-so is very opinionated. And, you know, we can learn to respect that and we can also tolerate it, I suppose, and maybe love it. I don't know. That'd be a great social experiment. It would be. Have no names associated with anybody on, on, on a, yeah. There was literally just a reality show of this. I don't know if anyone, I saw a preview for it on Netflix called Love is Blind. Has anyone heard this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was that premise of like, a bunch of males and females and then they interact um like behind a screen with someone and then they choose their mate and then it was all whatever that shows called bachelor style and like a live at a house the initial premise i thought was very interesting though i've caught an episode or two of that my girlfriend is into that show yeah it, it's an interesting interesting experiment for sure if you are in leadership at any level from frontline manager to chief executive Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or 
any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. You know, what I've seen in, at least in, you know, some of my prior workplace situations is that there's still some gender issues that, that we, you know, that we have. I mean, even to the point where, you know, I've, I've been told, think that this was not that long ago, but it has been in probably the last five years is that, oh, well, you know, we can't, you know, we can't send you to lunch with this potential client because it's a man and his wife will probably not be happy that, you know, that he's going to lunch with a woman. And there may be, you know, conservative, you know, liberal issues. There may be, you know, family, you know, I mean, all, all kinds of things. But, you know, but that's something where I found that I was, you know, I was at a, you know, it wasn't even a matter of, you know, do you like me? Do you not like me? You know, do you respect me? <laughs> or, you know, things it was, oh, well, here we, you know, we're, we're making decisions based, you know, solely on, you know, is it a man or is it a woman? And, and, you know, and those are, those are things that can really affect the advancement of people in the workplace. And I think there's lots of discussion around it, but I don't know that there's really been, you know, kind of a, a clear solution you know, put out for, for those kinds of things. Cause that seems to be something that, that may be, yeah, you know, maybe inherent in people, you know, the people involved, or, or may, maybe you know something that they've, you know, that they've learned that they need to, you know, have some time spent, you know, working on that. But it's, you know, it's very, very challenging, and you know, not to mention, you know, other, you know, things. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you were a, you know, part of a, you know, a minority race group and a, you know, and a woman, and you know, other, you know, when you start adding, you know, kind of the different. The diversity and the diversity, as you were saying, Kevin, then, you know, that that's where that's where I feel like we've still got a lot of work to do. And some people are doing it, you know, to try to try to make sure that that's as even a playing field for people. But it's not there yet, at least from my perspective. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, argue with you one bit. I think we've got a lot of work to do in these areas. Um I'd love to play off of that scenario. Just my mind is spinning here. You, as a woman, the boss, the powers to be, whoever it is that makes the decisions decide, well, we can't send you because the client is a man and his wife might be upset that he has lunch with a woman. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's, it's the, oh, you're, you know, you're a unmarried woman. So that's another, you know, Kind of another area where where it gets where it gets more diversity within diversity, married versus unmarried. Yes, <laughs> no, it sounds like a very insecure uh, relationship to me. Well, here's the question I have: because right or wrong, I don't know the answer to that scenario. But is it is it right or wrong to consider the other parties involved when you are setting up a scenario like that? Is it wrong for them to say, you know, you're a woman, you're not going because he's a man? Or is it, is it adequate to ask those questions to be considered of the other party? Whether they're a man or whether it's just cultural differences or whatever it is, is that, how does that play into all this? And the let you go ahead. Question, question to that, uh, Kevin. 
actually is whether Kirby should actually speak up against that and how she feels, you know? So the challenge lies in how does she present her situation to potentially a manager and address this topic of, call it unconscious bias, because we all have unconscious bias. That's that's more where the term is. And perhaps the learning on both sides for everyone is how do we unwind our unconscious biases that we all have? We carry through that. But in, in this particular situation, more for Kirby is like, and we all have this, we have these situations. Let's say we've all gathered around, we've had friends uh, talking and someone makes us feel uncomfortable with a comment they make. Let's just pick a early topic where they might be defined as a racist in our eye. You can see they're blatantly making open comments around someone's race. And that makes me feel very uncomfortable. But what do I do about it? How do I approach a topic? I may not want to lose this person as a friend. I may not want to quit my job based on that there, but how do I approach that topic nicely, so to speak, such that we have an open discussion, but both parties are hurt. So it's kind of what I was uh, trying to say, just agreeing with uh, Alicia and Steve earlier on about uh, the biases and the unconscious bias that we have. I think that's great, Delesha. So back to Kirby's scenario and your question, it brings in both sides of the coin, right? Yeah. One side of the coin is, is it even appropriate to have that kind of a conversation, uh, that consideration, if you will, about the parties involved? Is it appropriate? Uh, the other side of that is when the parties are involved, is it, you know, how does that party say, I don't feel good about this, or I feel minimized about this or, you know, whatever the situation might be, right? My question also would be, is, is the policy for the leaders as well? <laughs> In other words, do the men have meetings with women, even though both are still married? Good point, Mark. <laughs> There's a double standard that's not unconscious bias anymore. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, that's a bad word. You know, even kind of simpler, you know, simpler situations that, and, and, you know, I was thinking about it, Kevin, when you were saying, you know, like, oh, you, you know, you play pool and, you know, somebody else may not, or, you know, things like that. There's, you know, there, there is some, I mean, I, I think it would probably be, you know, unconscious bias, you know, even just, you know, in terms of kind of sports or kind of interest in, in certain things. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've experienced that because I am, I mean, I, I think I'm probably not the typical woman in the sense of like, I, I like, you know, I like all sorts of, you know, sports. I like to go to them. I like to talk about them. I like all that. But then a lot of times, you know, I, I find that in a workplace, I may not necessarily get the, the invite to, you know, to, you know, participate in, you know, oh, we're going with this, you know, on this client event, you know, to the football. Delegating. Yeah. Or, or things like that. And, and I, you know, and in those situations, I can you know, I can call, you know, if I, if I know about it, I mean, I feel kind of comfortable, you know, calling that out and saying, well, Hey, you know, why didn't I, you know, why didn't I get you know in, invited or, or something or, you know, things like that. But, you know, it's kind of easier in those, those sorts of situations than, you know, when, when it, when it's something that, you know, you can kind of call out other than you know, maybe, maybe having to go straight to the, you know, did I not get invited because, you know, 
because I'm a woman and it's all, you know, men, men involved in this, you know, maybe, you know, hey, maybe you didn't know that I also, you know, I also like that and, you know, would have been, you know, interested in it or would like an opportunity next time if, if that comes so, up. You know, the, it, I think that's what complicates a, a little mm -hmm. bit, right? Like yeah. if you, it, you know, if we're going to send uh, our closer to close a million dollar deal with a rabid um, Green Bay Packers fan, CEO of a company, are we going to send our rabid uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, closer to um, to close that deal, right? I mean, that's where it gets complicated, <laughs> right? Like, right. <laughs> uh, this is an example. Now, I mean, it's an extreme, right? I mean, I think, I, I just think, you know, for, when you're just, you got to send the right resource to the right meeting for the right purpose. But I think aside from that, gender and all those other things should be put aside, like obviously, right? But uh, you know, yeah. if if you're if if you're on my team and you're the you're the strongest closer I got to go close the deal, like I don't care. Like you're a woman, man, purple, green, yellow, like it doesn't really matter. Just go do your job, right? And that's that's why I wish we could just get to that point. It, it like it's that's what we're talking about. All these biases get in. Well, that's a woman shouldn't be closing with a man. A man shouldn't be closing with a woman. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, I was, uh, I'm on a board of an insurance company. And so, you know, it's a hundred and some million dollar insurance company. It's not huge, but the other day we were talking about, um, ESG policies, right? Environmental sustainability governance. And then all brings into this whole thing, diversity. And, and because it's a regulated industry, regulators are now saying, Hey, you know, you guys need an ESG policy, right? Yeah. Uh, how are you addressing diversity? How are you addressing your know, environmental concerns and all the, all these kinds of things. Right. And I mean, we spent quite a few hours talking about that just because the draft policy, you know, said something a lot, you, you know, we as an organization are going to incorporate, you know, ESG con uh, considerations into everything. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about the word everything because you know, if you say you're going to do it in everything and you miss one, you've screwed up, obviously, right? But the point is, is like it, it's getting into the layers of government and, and regulation and, and all things as well. This whole topic of diversity uh, in the insurance industry, if you don't have an ESG policy, as an example, then it affects your reinsurance rates. It, 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 it affects all kinds of things. It can, it can cost you millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? So, that's the frustration I have is like, we've got to try and address everybody's splinter concern. And what happens if you skip the ones that, you know, Hey, you're not doing anything to protect the frogs crossing the road as an example. Like, Oh, missed one. Right. You know, like that's why I wish we just treat everybody the same. And, uh, uh I don't know, it's, it's super frustrating, but anyway, I appreciate everybody's input. Steve, you said something there about sending the, your closer in for that meeting. Now, isn't that a bias itself? Um, well, I don't know. Are you in business to close deals or are you in business to make people feel good? I guess, you know, that's where the rub comes, right? Um, where would the bias be in that scenario? Uh, choosing, choosing your best person. What about the person that wants to be the best and they get left behind all the time? Well, they can go, they can go along and observe and learn, hopefully. And that, that's <laughs> kind of what, I'm, what I'm saying there is, right? It's that to sending that one person in and leaving the person behind who doesn't feel they're good enough, that's a bias in itself or a, you know, 
allowing that communication. It's all about communication. I think Alicia said there. Everybody wants to be felt, heard, and seen. Uh-huh. By leaving one person behind, because that person is better. And I and I say this from experience because I was always the one left behind, and yet I wanted to strive, just because of race and language and stutters and all those kinds of types of things. But yet, if I was given the opportunity, I could do it. That opportunity never came because of all those reasons. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. I was going to challenge that notion that it had something to do with with race or or whatever. Like, that's... You know, that's your your bias might be that that's the reason it was, but maybe it wasn't. Like I don't know, just playing devil's advocate. Oh no, for sure. But Steve, one hundred percent had to do with my language, my stutter at that point. Perhaps wouldn't be going into a meeting to close the deal because of my stutter, right? And I was told that as well. Yeah, I think a lot of that. I mean, at least you know, from kind of the way you were characterizing it, like you know, I mean, some of that in the workplace can be considering it almost like a mentorship type atmosphere and. I mean, even though I've had some challenges through, you know, through different, you know, different work experiences that I, that I've had, I've, I've also, you know, benefited from, you know, times being on teams where I might be, you know, pretty junior, but the leader, you know, thought it was important for, for us all to go, you know, if we were the team, you know, that was going to work on, on something and, you know, and we're pitching to, you know, to a client, then everyone needed to go and, you know, and we all need, you know, even though maybe the, you know, the leaders were going to be the, or, you know, the partners in this case, you know, were going to be the, the ones that would head it up. We all had, you know, we were all essentially given a role to play in it, even if it was, you know, it was very small and, and we got acknowledged for, you know, for that and shown that we were going to be part of it. And, and I, you know, I really appreciated that. And that's been something that, you know, I've now tried to do with, you know, with people that, have worked for me or worked with me, but I, but I also see that, you know, that's not something that, you know, takes place with all, with all leaders. Um, you know, I've, I, I, you know, I certainly know other people that are probably at, you know, a similar level, you know, as, as I am that, that didn't get those, you know, situations because of the teams that they were, you know, they were on, you know, essentially they were, you know, they were, you know, they were going to be part of the team, but, you know, but, but maybe they weren't going to be the, the person that, yeah, was going to take the lead. And, and so they, they didn't get that experience of even seeing what those meetings were like, even if, you know, even if they were just mostly there to, you know, play a very small role. And so, you know, something I think we really need to be cognizant of in the workplace, you know, to, to hopefully, you know, give people those opportunities. Because sometimes you may just determine that, I mean, there, there's been times where I've had those opportunities where I'd say, well, that was great, but I've decided like, that's not the kind of stuff that I want to be, you know, focusing, you know, focusing my time on. But, but I don't know that if I hadn't been, you know, given those opportunities to sit in those meetings and do those activities that I could have, you know, made a, made a good decision about that. To kind of um, further 
expand on uh, both of your comments. And also, Steve, you're kind of playing devil's advocate there. I would kind of continue to challenge and go, if your business model is to continue to send primarily only the strongest person, it's only going to last for so long. Like, if you don't have a succession plan in place or a team that's built around growing everyone, that person is either... Like, it would be amazing if they stayed with you forever, but A, they're going to find something better, and then you're not going to have someone to fill that spot. So I think from kind of pulling off of what uh, Kirby was saying here is that maybe you do need to, or maybe considering that it's not just a singular focus. And this obviously is just a generalization of what you were saying. Like, I think you were really just trying to kind of make a point here and that not meaning to say that this is your business model at all, but just kind of what I mean by that is I think you in general it would be great if you could kind of consider the succession plan and like the building of your business as opposed to just making a decision for one particular instance and my further question for Kirby's situation would be was that decision made of you not going because it was a male on the other side like whose problem was that was that your employer's impression or did the person on the other side voice that concern? Because that, to me, that's the other um, like bias that's not really considered is like, who's making that decision? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, in some of those situations, it's probably been probably more of a, a perception on, I guess, my, my partner's, you know, <laughs> you know, his standpoint, as opposed to necessarily something that was, you know, was was particularly voiced. But I think I think there was probably a little bit of you know, I've, I've definitely seen, you know, seen that in on both sides. You know, I've had some situations where where I would never, you know, would never get, you know, this this same person, you know, client wise would always invite, you know, invite out the the male, but not invite me. There was some, you know, some evidence for, you know, for that, even though we would have, you know, it, it, we were working very closely together on, you know, on some other things. So, you know, so I think there, you know, there's there's probably issues on both sides that do, but you know, but but I think there, you know, certainly are some sometimes where, you know, where I would have, you know, would have looked at that and thought, well, that that just seems to be, you know, a problem that you know we need to, you know, we need to look out on our side of is this something we, you know, we want to deal with, um, you know, or you know, maybe in terms of, you know, is it otherwise affecting the, you know the the work that we're performing or you know the the you know service we're providing or you know is it is it something where you know where you'd say this is you know a time to take it you know take a stand on this and say oh we're not gonna you know we're not gonna deal with this person if they're not you know if they're not gonna treat treat us all the same and I mean I'm out of that out of that situation so I don't you know that's not something that I'm you know, continuing to, you know, to, to deal with necessarily, but it's definitely a good, yeah, it's a good question. Great question, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Good scenarios that are being brought up. And by the way, Licky, I want to acknowledge that your experience is definitely your experience. And we're, we're not here to challenge that, the truth of that experience, right? To go back to the complication in all of this discussion, because it is very complicated. There's no simple cut and dry solution or answer to a lot of these scenarios that we have to deal with and we have to figure out and navigate. If, you know, I've run multiple sales teams over my career and on one hand, yeah, you want to give somebody a leg up, 
So like I, all my sales teams had the same resources. Every one of them had all the same resources to go out and do the job. Some did the job great. Some did the job terribly and they got moved on. Either they moved themselves on or we moved them on. Uh, but everybody had the same resources, the same, the same opportunity, but only a few rose to the top. Right. And I think that's pretty common in most organizations. You're, you're always going to have your top echelon of sales people, male or female, doesn't matter. I've had both top producers. And if it comes down to now I have a significant client opportunity and I need to pick who I'm going to send and I don't want to lose this opportunity. Do I pick my top producer or do I pick the person second in line that I want to see how they do to give them an opportunity, to give them a leg up? I'm the business owner. I'm in the business for profit. I want to bring on this mega client. Do I take a chance on number two or do I go in for the, 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 the big deal with number one? I don't think there's a right answer to that question. I think every situation is different and I think you have to consider all aspects of your business. Like maybe your business is going to go over. Don't close this deal. So your decision would be different, but I think risk has to be a factor too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. If the opportunity is critical for, for my business, then I might take uh, less risk and put, send in my number one person, regardless of who they are. Send in my number. Send them both. Maybe, maybe, maybe it depends on the situation. Every situation is different, as, as Alicia said. Um, if it's just another big deal and there's many of those to be had and it's now it's maybe, you know what? Send in number two, send in number three. Let's give others a shot here. Absolutely. Because it's uh, the, the risk of losing the opportunity is not going to make or break the bank. It's not going to kill us. Is that what you're saying, Alicia? Yeah. And like to further that, I mean, then you get to grow more individuals on your team and therefore like improve your business as a whole, as opposed to continuing to invest in one singular person, which again, puts a high risk on your operation for longevity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because God forbid that number one guy gets hit by a train tomorrow and you're not in a tough spot, right? I think that's what you're really saying. Exactly. Steve, that yeah. might have been a bias right there. Just saying, you got something <laughs> against trains or what? I was just number one guy. <laughs> that <was> the guy. Here's an interesting... Uh, just biases, like the left said, right? I heard a couple of different uh, comments here. One of the comments I heard was, it's a make, to make or break situation. If you're coming from a survival instinct from an organization, I have a feeling all biases go to hell. They just get part because you're just surviving and no matter what happens, you're going to do what you need to do. And you're going to hurt a lot of people on the way. You, yeah. may win, you may win that one deal just to survive it, but a lot of people on the way may be affected. That, we've seen that happen in many organizations that I've worked with in that state, in that scenario. Let's put that aside for a second. Let's put the survival instinct away for a second. But coming from a regular organization that needs to just have business on an ongoing basis and grow their business, sending in your gunner or your, your goal score all the time and, and not empowering others to be that person as well, 
does that align with your values in the organization? And if you're to empower, grow, build communities, um, help everyone, isn't that part of growing everyone at the same time? Not saying that, not setting the key person in, but how do you train the other people? How do the other people get to the top levels? And if we're, if they're being not addressed or spoken to about why not, they themselves are building a limiting belief that they're not good enough. And they, it may not be real. It may not be real at all. But however, you start doing that, that person's going to start moving further and further away. So that's just the experience that I've had going to organizations doing strategy work. And this is the, the strategist coming out along with a person who cares about people coming in. Licky, for a minute, I thought you were reading my values board that I have on my wall there. Well, uh, <laughs> right? one of the yeah, ones. We exist in power, greater potential in others. I mean, and, and I that, those are words on a board and it, it's, it's harder to do than it is to say, definitely. Yeah. And, and I say that because I know you and I know who you are as a person. I know what you're trying to do for your organization. So I think some of the things that are being addressed, I think it's, we all have the best intentions. Yeah. All of us have best intentions. However, sometimes push comes to shove. What do we actually do? Right? Yeah. And I, I think the, for us, it just may be a decision that we had to make. However, the, the impact, the person that was on the receiving end could be long lasting. Like, I think it just pivots back to the start of the conversation, my frustration, right? Like we got to adopt all these policies to just, you know, know, let's help so-and-so because they're different, you know, grow. Let's just make everybody grow, right? Like that's, that's the rub, right? Like it's a definitely a a topic that's not going to go away anytime soon. But I mean, I just hope that all of our goals can just be to treat everybody understand everybody and treat them with respect and help them all grow regardless of what their biases might be. And, you know, God help us to just uh, be aware of our biases on a, a daily basis. I mean, that's where we talk about blind spots, right? Like maybe the fact that Kirby's manager is concerned about her going to close this meeting with a guy because his wife might like, maybe that's just a blind spot that manager needs to work on. Right. And that's, that's why the conversations are so powerful because it reminds us, Hey, we've been in these situations. What can we learn from them? What can we take from those things to apply to ourselves and how can we make what we do better? Period. Well, that's the, uh, that's the essence, as you said, of the conversations, right? It is all about our blind spots. So the whole idea of diversity, diversity within diversity, you know, unconscious biases. The only way we're going to make progress is to become more aware in the moment. What's my perspective of what's going on? What am I, you know, start challenging ourselves yeah. in these different areas. You know, I'm getting ready to, to uh, I need to promote somebody. I need, I've got a, a spot to fill and I'm going to promote somebody. Am I promoting Sally, because she's on my bowling team over Bill, who's not, and they're both equally qualified. Yeah. You know what It's sad that it happens. My son-in-law has been trying to become a firefighter for like five years. And the last, he's, he's given up on it now, like trying to move from being a volunteer to a paid firefighter because of our positions every year. And so, you know, my son is son-in-law. He went to university on a football scholarship. He's a super fit guy. He's like, he's dialed right in. Like he's like, I, 
if he was an IT guy, I'd hire him without even thinking about it, even if he wasn't related. So the last competition they went in, uh, like they do the physical test, dragging the dummy up three flyer store, you know, floors, all these kinds of things and all this, right? So at the end of the day, he finished, you know, top percentile of that, that group. There were, uh, a bunch of other people that, um, also had to do the same test and they failed the physical test, but because of diversity biases and things like that, they hired like the three people that got hired were all hired, even though they couldn't pass the physical test. Right. So this is like, seems to be crazy in a public safety thing. Like just pick the best candidate aside from race, religion, color, whatever, all those different things. Right. But because of the city itself has a diversity quota, like they had to pick some other people to make it look like, you know, they're being diverse, even though they probably hired the weakest people to be professional firefighters. So yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge. I'm ongoing challenge for eons. I'm, I suspect unless somebody comes up with a magic pill or something, but let's summarize it and just basically say it boils to you paying attention to our biases and blind spots because we all have them, right? So if we're going to really learn to work together, be together and, you know, be in connection with one another, I think it just boils down to that. Like, own it. I've, I've got blind spots. I own it. Now I got to just maintain that level of awareness. Oh, I wait, I got a blind spot popping up here. Like any last thoughts? No, I think it's a good conversation. Uh, I love what Alicia said there. I think it, mm -hmm. it, it capitalizes every, everything that we're trying to, trying to do in our program is making everyone equal and everyone feels heard, seen, and valued. And I'm coming from my, you know, my connector mode and the way I am is that to me allows everyone else to grow and feel good about themselves. And then they show up the best that they possibly can. That's what I was challenging Steve there a bit is that it's not sending your, your main people in all the time because the person next to them could be the main person just not giving the opportunity. Yeah, it's uh, makes sense. And it's not quite that simple, is it? That's, that's what we're figuring out is, uh, the, all of the, the day to day decisions that everybody in uh, the workplace is making is complicated, multifaceted, you know, in, uh, in multiple perspectives that are at play in any given decision. Kevin, that's true. It is complicated, but you and I have worked with a number of organizations in the last year and a half, two years, and we've seen that transformation occur mm -hmm. when they start looking at themselves and their organizations and working through it. So it is possible to do as soon as, as long as the leadership creates a, a, a safe, safe zone in the environment to allow that to happen. Well, those conversations occur. Yeah, those psychologically safe places is really the key there. Um, and you're right. That's why that's why the uh, awareness advantage program you know focuses on the three main core um, pillars, which is the uh, clarity. You have to learn to see yourself and others clearly. Curiosity, where you lean in and take a curiosity approach, and then connection, where you learn to connect with one another at a human level. Right. That's that's when transformation takes place. Like that's what you're talking about is in the, you know, over time that transformation happens and, and it becomes a little bit easier to navigate. 
People want the best. They just don't know how to get it. Right. Well, that's all we have for today. Top of the hour. Another great conversation. I love the, uh, I love the tough conversations like this where we can just banter and try to come up with something. We don't always have the solutions, but we certainly have great conversations. All right. And thanks, everybody. Uh, see you next Thursday or every Thursday that you can attend Leadership Forum. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global, a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.